1: Welcome
0: back to part two with the Dean and EJ the Books Boys
2: Woo Whoa Baby
0: Now what else have I read? So I read PJ um, I've, I've recommended before on the show Biblioteca de los Muertos. Yeah, yeah. yeah the Library of the Dead by Glenn Cooper. No, I, 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 no, it I is, feel... It is
1: to make clear, like, hold on, because I've been confused now. It is not a Spanish book, because you make it sound like a Spanish book. So I feel <laughs> bad
0: for saying to you about books not being available in English. This is an yeah. English
1: book, it's, but English it's book, right? very
0: difficult to find in English. What? So it's it's very, great being in Spain. Okay. I don't know why, but I always... Well, initially I read the first book about a year ago in Spain. It was lent to me by, by Valerie the Pigeon Detective. And I read it and I loved okay. it. And I recommended it on the show. And then... I kind of forgot about it for a while, but recently, I always felt, had in the back of my mind to look out for the sequel. I've never yeah. seen it in bookshops here in English, wow, Okay. but I looked in Spain. I didn't find it last time, but this time I did. Uh, and they've got a lot of his books, all in Spanish. So. Wow, okay. Cool. And I, I spoke actually to my Spanish teacher, and she said the same thing. She was going to... I recommend it to her, and she couldn't find it in English, and she has got to get it in Spanish. Really? And I, I don't know why.
1: Okay, that's strange. Okay, so, so this...
0: Yeah, it's it's just a curious thing. I don't have the copy to show you because I've given it to... And, and I do um, need to know it now because
1: what's it called in English then? It's just called The Labyrinth of the Dead?
0: And so the first one, Bibli- Biblioteca de los Muertos, is obviously the Library of the Dead.
1: But it's very and, funny you say. Obviously, as a, you kind of, you kind of see everyone speaking Spanish. <laughs> like the Library of the Dead.
0: Okay. I think we know what a what a biblioteca is. now. Anyway, right, the, maybe maybe not. Maybe I'm maybe I'm a bit. We were accused on uh, <laughs> somewhere. I can't remember where of being possibly classist. So
1: I don't. I don't want to. I don't want to. Well, well, I'm not much better because I sometimes <laughs> recommend books that haven't even been published <laughs> in English. So yeah, yeah. I, Look, I can't even find the Library of the Dead. I get here refer- like a novel by. TL Huchu. You see. From Zimbabwe. So I don't know. Nice. so it's very hard to find this book. The sequel anyway. that I've
0: read is The Book of Souls, El Libro okay. de las Almas. And
1: I've just purchased the
0: third one, so maybe next month we'll hear about that. Oh, I'm maybe yeah. gonna start it like tonight, tomorrow. Again, anyway.
1: if I look up the book of souls, I just find iron maiden. Um the yeah, iron maiden so album like... <laughs>
0: from 2013 or so, yeah.
1: <laughs> okay, very hard to find these books. Anyway.
0: But um, but you can find them in Spain. So, guys, uh, first learn <laughs> Spanish. <laughs> Go on, I, go on vacation.
1: I, I literally, I can't find this chap. Like, this, are you sure this exists? Because I just find now James Oswald, the book of so it's very hard. If I make sure to write the guy's name, I bet he's some Spanish guy. With he's, an English He's, he's from like
0: New York or something. I, I don't
1: know what's going on. <laughs> okay. Well, look, um, Glenn, what's his name? Not Glenn Cooper. Glenn Cooper. Is. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Glenn Cooper. Mr. Glenn Cooper, if you hear this interview, please let us know why he's so popular in Latino <laughs> America, Spain, and we'd love to know well, what's the connection there so give us a ch- give us a shout and, i are so unpopular in english <laughs>
0: <laughs> but these are these cool. are amazing books now i will i will give the caveat to the set as always the second book's not quite as good as the first one but it's still pretty good so you know most most sequels are never quite as good as the original um, and this right. is a sequel you know so it's, it's will piper the new york uh, detective fbi guy retired okay. now he's retired now after the first novel okay and if you remember i need to get a little bit of backstory so what what this is is in the first one we see a lot of scenes in the present trying to catch a killer and a lot of scenes linked to the past mm. and there's a bit with churchill there's a bit set way oh, back in the, in the 1300s and the 700s and all these different time periods and in Vectus on the isle of Wight near england we actually oh, yeah. have these um like a kind of monastery or or, or, you know type place um and one of the one of the chaps there he's the seventh son of a seventh son and he starts writing and he just writes lists of names and the date they're going to be born or the date they're going to die and he writes and writes and writes and you know he writes your name in the book you're going to die Um, and it's not death note he's not causing it he's just predicting you know,
1: he's predicting it. Okay, okay, it's almost
0: like God speaking through him, and he's just writing what's going to happen. And he writes, and he starts to cover the whole world. Like he could not possibly know, you know, any oh, of these okay. people. He's it, writing in multiple languages, and then he essentially rapes a girl there and has a son. And the son just immediately starts writing, and and, conti- and they're well. writing together, like they're writing in tandem. Like the lists showing up when you kind of put them together. Like they're not covering the same material or anything. It's done perfectly. And then they expand yeah. and expand and this um, they, they keep them in this kind of underground crypt, just writing essentially. And they, they have all these books. So by the time of the sequel, you know, that's all over with. Um, mm. But there was loads of these scribes, loads of them. And they just essentially, you now the sad bit is they kept basically giving them local girls to violate and that to, to reproduce. Cause they thought they were doing kind of God's work in a, in a sense to re, to create these
1: books. Right, so it's going very dark. There, okay. But these
0: books cover from the 700s right up until the year 2027. So these okay. guys wrote a massive amount of births and deaths right to the future. And then at the same right. time, all the books stop on, I think it's the 9th of February, 2027. And they yeah. all just write, you know, end of the world and all the scribes commit suicide.
1: Wow, that's, that's crazy. Well, it's a it's a fascinating concept, very dark, but so
0: and this novel is set a few, you know more or less now a year or two ago whenever it was written. So it's and yeah. um, in other words, coming up, but it's not you know it's not tomorrow or anything like that. You know, no one's massively okay. worried, and no one really knows about this because even though it was found in kind of British territory or uh, uh, as it were, the FBI and CIA, you know, the 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 Anglos took it all away basically, and they said okay. this is okay. our our secret and it's in it's in Area Fifty One and no one's getting it. Okay, mm. so. This chap, Will Piper, was involved, but he's retired. He wants out. Um, But someone somewhere finds, in an antique dealer, one of the books. Mm. And then it says, well, one of them had always gone missing. No one is sitting reading these books anymore. The FBI have got it all digitized. You know, you can just search the dates and you'll find out who's going to be born and who's going to die. But there was always a gap. Well, there's a a year that was missing and now they find this book. Right, okay and they pay this guy harry spence pays thousands and thousands for no one can figure why he's paying so much for the book but he knows he's in the 2027 club and he kind of gets will to, to oh. help him uh, and will's not massively keen and his wife nancy isn't very keen but eventually they <laughs> they go along and and help and put the family at risk actually because the fbi want to stop this and they will send people to you know kill you and burn your house down essentially to, to get this book back okay and, okay so it gets very dark and very violent in parts. Um, I have to say, but this book has two flaws. Number one, not enough scenes set in the past compared to the first mm. book, and okay. number two, not the most feminist book because we don't see a lot of Nancy. Mm. I like Nancy in the first book. In this book, she's okay. just his wife.
1: Okay, just, okay.
0: You know, so they get together in the first book, but now we don't. She doesn't do a lot. You know. Oh, okay, I get it. So she was stronger before. Um. But no, apart from mediocre. that, it's a, it's a great book. And PJ, there's a few scenes that are set in the past in the second half of the book. And we meet some interesting characters. We oh. meet a certain Guillermo Shakespeare.
1: Guillermo Shakespeare. That's he's right. right.
0: Our, our good friend uh, William Billy. Shakespeare appears in the novel. And there's also...
1: <laughs> and he's actually translated as Guillermo, yeah? No, he, he's... Okay, no, no, no. But okay, there okay. is...
0: Uh, a certain juan Calvino um, oh, nice Calvin of Calvinism, Protestantism, and all that, yeah. and there's also a little doctor chap who predicts the future um Mr Dr Faustus. no, but Nostradamus
1: Nostradamus himself, of course,
0: so these like guys it. appear in these in these flashback scenes, and there's clues relating to each one in this big old family house of the people who owned the book and gave it to auction and nice. they um it's been in their family for centuries because an old baron took it and there's a sad scene where he takes it from this poor guy who was looking after it for the for the, the monastery and they basically said take this and you know hide it keep because they, they burn all the rest they're they tried they tried it they they try to lock them in and but this one guy kept one you know mm. and um what happens is basically this baron comes in and says you owe me some money can't you know you'll be a product i've paid for shoes or something like that you can't pay it because your husband's sick in bed dying mm. um but the baron doesn't care so he says you know if you can't get out of your deathbed and make my shoes you're gonna have to give me my money back Or well, you can't you spent your money on food for your family then i'm gonna take something of yours what do you have that's valuable and he starts plundering around the house and they say take my work tools and they're the only thing valuable i have and he says well your work tools are garbage to me um but he finds the book and oh, I'm, no. taking. I'm, I'm, I'm taking this book, you know. Oh, no. So his family have not had the book for hundreds of years. All right, okay. Um, so it's like know. the history
1: of how the book came to the hands of others. There's a little I like bit of like that. all
0: around this big mansion they live in are hidden, hidden in candlestick holders and hidden in, um, you know, behind bits of walls are clues and, and letters from, you know, Calvin to his friends and things like that. And a new <laughs> sonnet of Shakespeare, like undiscovered. A new sonnet. Or a Not poem or name. something anyway, like some new, you know, new work of Shakespeare, uh, yeah. like totally undiscovered Um, turned out to be his earliest one or something like that, you know. So a lot of really cool stuff is happening. You no, know? But meanwhile, Will is just kind of like his motivation is we've got to get this book, give it to Harry Spence because he's dying and he wants to know, are my family going to be OK? Are yeah, they going to survive until at least 2027? So yeah. that's his motivation. And Will's motivation is I just want to get out of this and stop like the FBI chasing me and people trying to kill me and, you know, all this kind of stuff. Um, wow. these are some of the best books I've ever read like wow. I, they are amazing and the way they wow. go through time and bring in all the fun characters and everything
1: yeah I like I, that, that when, when one mixes historical figures out
0: yeah, yeah I, and they pop up you don't expect them
1: you know Nice.
0: but what's really cool is the FBI can use this knowledge then they send someone into a fight and knowing that you know he's going to die and I know he's going to die because I've got it in the, in the book mm. and they already know they, you know, so when they're chasing someone down, they already know how things are going to turn out because they know people's death dates.
1: Well that has been done before by the Minority Reports, the Philip K. Dick short story.
0: Yeah, I mean that that particular. Um, yeah, yeah, no, no, but no, I'm not,
1: not trying to criticize. Actually, I love the concept. I don't mind it being used before, but I did like it when I. Um, anyway, I always say I like Philip K. Dick because he's a great author and he comes up with these strange ideas. So I like the sound of this novel because that does sound a bit like kind of clever sci-fi. I like it. Cool.
0: Yeah, and again, like I, I would say to everyone to read the first one, and then if you, if you love yeah. it, try the second one. It's it's almost as good, but everything's all building up to a big disaster that's about to happen in actually in the the original home of of Valdivia Detective in Caracas and, in Venezuela, and, and then
1: and then the next book and the keepers of the library, right? The next book uh, should
0: be the, the El Fin de las Escribas, the the end of the. Um,
1: Okay, okay. Well, nice. the English translation they just say no, and ah. the rest of the anglophonic world it's called the Keepers of the Library. See, this is confusing.
0: You know, this is Dumas style. All the <laughs> books being released with different names and different volumes. And now you can't find it. And, and just
1: and there seems to be a tale only in ebook between yeah, the two. Yeah, there's the like a little part. short
0: tale. I don't know if I'll read that or not. I'm oh, assuming it's been on. like one what chapter I? or something. Maybe I'll read it tonight.
1: Of course, if I can anyway, find look, it,
0: you know.
1: It sounds good. The only information I I just quickly saw there was that he's popular in Italy. So I guess right. this is a very strange job. He's very popular in Italy and Spain, supposedly. But all right, fair enough. I mean, there's
0: also some sad, you know, Dickensian scenes when they're in school. Yeah. Calvin and his friends, and you know, they, they say to this chap who doesn't. They send him to school in French, Edgar, and he can't yeah. even speak French properly. And when he doesn't, you know, conjugate his Latin verbs, the teacher just takes the kid <laughs> and beats him until he's bleeding. You know,
1: all this kind oh, of no, that's, stuff.
0: That's you know, so it's it's a little bit. Of that,
1: but interesting. They um, took Calvin. It's 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 a strange. Uh, it was yeah. an unusual choice,
0: yeah. Yeah,
1: yeah. But, I mean, I just find Calvinism as well is, is quite can be yeah. Because they talk a lot about eternal damnation. So I'm wondering, does that lead up to the third part? You know. So the idea
0: here is that we see the formation of these characters. We see how Calvin gets his idea of predestination right. because of the book, and we see how Shakespeare develops his writing, and we see how Nostradamus develops his prophesying. Right. A I lot like of it's related it. to this book. I like it. Yeah. But these people have only ever seen the one book. There's thousands in this underground sealed up vault that right, tell okay. the whole history of the whole world. But you know, only one ever made it out into civilization.
1: Wow. No, I do like the concept. And and one wants to know what, what happens, of course. Yeah. you make a sound from the book. Cool, awesome.
0: Absolutely fantastic. So I really, really love those ones. Um, so both and again, everyone.
1: Or listen to the Iron
0: Maiden album, but it's not one of the better albums. I,
1: I, I don't think you should change a name. I think I like I the way that you kind of stuck with the Spanish name up until now. <laughs> Just keep it. So what's it called in Spanish? El Libro de los Muertos.
0: So the Biblioteca de los Muertos and El Libro de las Almas.
1: So the ultimate recommendation is, Dean, is get those books, but in Spanish, please. You if, you can.
0: if you can get yeah. them in Spanish, that would be, would be preferable. Um, PJ, it's just time to mention this
1: month's uh,
0: sponsor. We are sponsored by the Anna Karenina Method.gov.
1: Ah, indeed. And That's this is going to link to our
0: next book in a moment. But uh, guys, if you're writing a book and you think, you know, goodness me, this is only 100 pages. And, you know, I wasn't planning on writing on a bell. I really wanted a longer a longer work. <laughs> Go to the Anna Karenina Method.gov and order one of their packages. You know, you've got agricultural manuals. The one that Orwell chose <laughs> in, in Coming Up For Air, the fishing uh, manual. Um, some religious models. religious texts that you get in um, in Shirley by one of um, Charlotte Bronte. The and type kinda, of you get in some of. Just, um, but
1: like make sure to stuff. put the make sure to put the novella kind of in the middle. You know, don't make it too obvious. Like you know, kind of in the middle, or exactly yeah.
0: the Dostoevsky, the um, Brothers Karamazov. You know, religious discussions. It's all there. All these different methods. You can you choose the package that's right for you. Oh yeah, there's and there's it's the archery, that's And method. You know, so they'll they'll give it to you pre-made. And you just slot in the little bits of your novel around it. And all of a sudden, you got <laughs> 800, an 800-page book,
1: you know? And the critics will love it because it's simply long. No one reads It's just very <laughs> yeah, long. Yeah, right? So the critics, yeah. can't, they can't read 900 pages. They just say, oh, brilliant. But they're just you know? going amazing. Right? <laughs> I, could, I did do this. So that's
0: um, that links into the next book that I read, though, which we'll get to in a moment. Um, the, the sequel to Arna
1: Karena? No, it's, the manual it's of, very, of him him.
0: very long. Um, Leo. So I realised that I'd read a lot of modern books and a lot of crime books and a lot of really fun things oh. but I hadn't read anything from the 1800s and I had a little panic. Oh, that's,
1: that's shocking, shocking. So I read something from
0: the 1800s. It took me two full weeks, so long. Uh, Leopoldo Alas, Clarín, nicknamed Clarín, uh, La Rijenta, Universal oh, uh, Classic. Now, considered one of the
1: quintessential... Yeah, yeah,
0: 900 pages.
1: Considered one of the quintessential Spanish novels, Clarine is... In the realist school, so realism started mm-hmm. later in Spain than in France or in England. And today, together with Benito perez Gardos who we covered, or you have covered, team, he is considered the, the two, one of the two main realist novelists, yeah. but only for that novel in his case.
0: By the way, at the end of the 900 pages, there's a 10-page short story. So if you read 900 pages and you think, <laughs> goodness, it's just not enough. 900, like, I need more. Then just that extra ten—that's just the sweet spot. That's you know?
1: that's the sweet spot. They—they—they they, they, they didn't think it was long enough. Yeah, exactly. and, and to be honest, like, but all his other stuff is really short, right? That's why I've got a book
0: it. of short stories of his. There, everything else he wrote is like a hundred pages or or shorter, or like maybe one of them has like two hundred. Like I, I did warn
1: you. I did warn you, Dina. It's not the most popular. It's not the most like people do tend to like Gados more. Like, Everyone I spoke to in
0: Spain said, "Why on earth are you reading that? It's so so boring." So, and were you right? Yes. Oh no. So, it's very boring, and I, I, the strangest thing is, it's 900 pages, and I thought, so little to say about it. Um, oh, no. I've never, I mean, I felt bad that I was struggling with the Spanish last time, with the various yeah. jaw sets. So, that's yeah. why I read the Plague Trooper book, and that was grand. No issues there with the language. So, then I thought, yeah. okay, let's really give myself a challenge, Clarine La The language oh, is boring. the problem. Uh, oh, really? It's just the fact that it's so boring nothing yeah, yeah, yeah. happens you know and for pages and pages it really uses the Anna Karenina method just dragging it out talking about nothing just sections just <laughs> talking about religion and things like that really really comes in in a, in a big way and the poor girl Anna's sitting around reading you know confessions of Saint Augustine for her hobby you know just really oh, come on. boring stuff
1: you know <laughs> oh lord okay so, was there anything
0: nice about it what was positive about it no nothing really It's so oh, I'll tell God. you really we've got this girl Anna uh, Anna oh, sorry, she is Lada Henta okay she marries yeah, okay. like an old magistrate or you know I guess regent if you will but um, they're in Vitusta so this kind of ancient old antiquated town right the word means antiquated and some of the characters of Dickens some of the side characters Dickensian type names like Vizitathion and Ovidito, like Forgotten and this kind of stuff so so sometimes it's almost a Dickensian kind of naming convention with the side characters where the, the name hints at something about the character's personality which I like that was the only good part okay okay, um, but if nothing happens I mean Anna's she's got her husband okay Victor and she also has two yeah. other people who like her. Don Fermin, um, who is her confessor. So basically it's her, her priest and this guy, Messiah. But this is unheard of in this sleepy old town where nothing ever happens. They couldn't believe, you know, there might be a love triangle. And then, you know, whether or not she cheats later, I'm not going to reveal. But like even just the idea of it was shopping to this town of like upright citizens where nothing has ever happened. You know, in yeah, very conservative Spain. Yeah. yeah, they could not believe it. And there's even a part where she wants to go out <laughs> and, and he says like, what, what abominations, dances, theater, novels, like, oh, you know, goodness me, like, you know, novels what kind of world are we living in where people are engaging in, in diversions and amusements, you know, it's, it's unheard of. So it's, uh, that's quite funny. Um, My favorite part of the whole book is a quote near the end where they say, it would be more noble to take a dagger to my veins than to wound me with the poisonous letters of a perfumed envelope.
1: I think he liked it because it does sound <laughs> one of your like one of your songs.
0: Yeah, right. I gotta say, yeah, I should have I should have written that myself, but he beat me to it by a few, you know,
1: two hundred <laughs> years. Years. <laughs> <laughs> oh, so and, essentially he wrote one of your songs and then built the anachronism. Yeah, he, but he's okay.
0: And there's a lot of you know, just people judging each other and saying like, all oh, these women who don't know how to you know do anything other than wash babies?" You know, the women in this town, and just a lot of like gossiping and people hating each other for no real reason and small mm. town stuff happening you know um but there's really very little plots you know these two men like her and, and then you wonder well is she having an affair with one of them or isn't she um mm. but it's a lot it's a lot of her sitting around um and her husband being suspicious of her and just that they're, they're talking and and um you know nothing really happens for the majority of it it's just and lots of religious bits She's contemplating religion And you know She's reading As I say Confession Yeah
1: Yeah
0: Alright you a... yeah. oh, sound... You're not something
1: You're not You're no. not making me want to read it
0: And the problem is It's 900 pages You know That's the problem
1: <laughs> Yeah yeah Okay Before we're on short story Right um, no, no, it? Yeah. Or a song
0: It's just a not song And again You think something's starting to happen And for a couple of pages It gets interesting And I think Oh wow Okay something's happening here and then it's just you know, now let's talk about religion for thirty pages. And it's like you almost you almost had me there, and I, I can't even remember any more details than that because it was a slog to get through. It almost ruined my holidays,
1: you know. <laughs> <laughs> oh Lord, okay. Well, I'm surprised. How can you come, how, how can you fill up with nine hundred pages of that? Deal? And I swear,
0: everyone was like, "That's so boring. Why are you reading that? Like it's a classic. I thought I need to read the classics, you know. Oh no. But. It has next to no plot. Like, it's just the, the love story. And some of the side characters are slightly humorous, of course. But there's an awful lot of just, well, will she date someone? I should say they hold her in admiration the whole time. Like, oh my, it's a lot of like we're so privileged to see her. She's she's beautiful mm. and she's godly. And they refer to her as being almost a goddess and a princess, and even her husband does, and everyone worships this woman. She's just mm-hmm. like queen of the town, you know, she's just amazing. She's on the biggest <laughs> pedestal possible, you know. Um, okay. But the, the only real thing to take away from this book is the uh, the dagger in the perfumed envelope um that I <laughs> that I I paraphrased there.
1: <laughs> or oh, just one single line.
0: Yeah, but you know the writing style. Like his writing is fine; it's just too long. So I'm, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm going to try maybe next month or the month after some of his shorter mm. works,
1: some of his short stories. Okay, give me a know. second, a second chance. I don't think many people give him a second chance. <laughs> it's very nice of you. <laughs> but but anyway, it's a very it's a very it's so drastically interesting. different. So go ahead. It is a very interesting movement, realism in Spain. It's just you you chose maybe the most kind of tedious one out yeah. of all. Yeah.
0: It's just so. The shorter books are so, the, the length is drastically different from, from 900 pages to 60 that I think, you know, it might be worth reading just to give them a second chance, mm. you know. Okay. but well, that's very nice of you. Yeah, well, there this. we go. We should mention, of course, that we're joined as always by Little Alfred. We've got the whole Books Boys uh, gang. And, got the guy um, here. We've got our TNC network that support us and we're played on, on Radio Oxen. So hello to everyone in Oxfordshire. And check us out on social media. And all the rest of it, PJ. Should we quickly do our recommendations?
1: Indeed. Uh, so, what I recommend is Geese or The Wild Geese by Mori Ogai. It's a classic uh, Japanese novel. Um, what does it say about it? It's uh, basically a love story, a taboo love story, which was popular around the time in Japan. And the whole goose scene is very relevant. It's about, I suppose, it's a metaphor for sensuality for for richness. Uh, so this boy is in love with a girl who's kind of hidden away as a kind of a concubine. And he just in love with her, but he can never reach her. Uh, it's a very short novel, very sweet, short novel, very well written. Uh, give it a try. Moriogai, classic novel. Um, am I getting it wrong? But from the nineteen teens or 1920s? Okay. Great stuff. So about 100 years
0: ago.
1: Okay, cool. Nice. What about yourself?
0: Well, I thought, you know, I, you know what? I didn't read anything today. I took a day off, like La- Lara Henta broke me and I took a day off reading. Um, and I'm going to start reading you tomorrow. But uh, I, I have here <laughs> my recommendation. I thought I'd just do something different. Sometimes you review children's literature and I never really do. Oh, um, yeah. So I've gone for the ultimate children's literature for the little, little kids, the Dick yeah. and Dora books. These are the books that I oh, read yeah. when I was like three, four years old. So technically the first books I ever read. Oh wow! Okay, That's Dick and Dora and their their pets, Nip and Fluff, and they're just like little, just a series of tiny little picture books for kids with a few lines of you know story. And um, but we get oh, this nice. kind of it's set in the fifties. I did like little fifties, happy little you know kids in in middle class suburban kind of England, you know. But we yeah. we we get um, we get these kinds of. I'll, get, I'll read a, a, section, a section of dialogue because this oh, is what this is what kids are doing on a daily basis.
1: Of course, yeah. we will play. What Yeah, we will
0: play. Said Dick and Dora. <laughs> presumably in unison. Dick runs and Dora hops. Dora hops on a line. So she's drawn a line on the ground. This is my okay. line, said Dora. See, Dick, I am on my line. I can hop on my line, said Dora. It is fun to get on a line and hop. If my children talk <laughs> like this, I would get an exorcist. Like, I don't know what.
1: Oh Lord, just, okay. just
0: this normal, everyday children's dialogue. It is fun it's to very... get on a line and hop.
1: It is very natural. <laughs> I mean, this is what the kids are up to nowadays, right? Yeah, That's right. how
0: they talk <laughs> <laughs> so that's my uh, recommendation. Um by the way, PJ, just before we wrap up the episode, uh, one thing I wanted to mention was the, the 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 series of books I was talking about, The Library of the Dead. They're making a TV show soon. So for anyone who right. can't find the books, there's going to be a show. Um, so just keep a keep a lookout for that, and you'll be able to get. Oh, hold on.
1: <laughs> oh, who's
0: this? I problem. think it's very unusual to get two phone calls in uh, in one episode, but that's. Hello, you're through to Books Boys. You got Dean and PJ.
2: Who's calling? Hi, is this uh, Playboys or? Oh, what? oh my books god, Boys.
0: it's it's Playboy Alex.
2: Oh what? no, I'm calling into the wrong thing. Oh, you're in the wrong um,
0: show. Yeah, but don't worry, we can uh, we can take you. Hi, how, how, how I, I,
2: I guess I have something. Um, I got a couple books that I might have read, maybe. That's okay. <laughs> instance, That's
0: well, the time the timing is perfect. You caught us just before the end of the show, so you have timed it perfectly. Um, oh, wonderful! We can we can reschedule uh, Playboys. But while you're here, why don't uh, why don't we hear what you've been reading?
2: Yeah. All right. Uh, well, I have recently read 1984, and uh-huh. um, also Three Musketeers. I- Wow! So right. you took
0: you took recommendations from us, essentially, is what I'm hearing. Well,
2: it sounds like it was mostly uh, you, Dean. <laughs> what? I am still well, working on Narcissus me. and Goldman. I, I
1: recommend PJ. it. I recommend the 9840 when we were living in Japan together, young Alex. Oh, oh that's right. right.
2: Actually, the version did I read he? was the book wow. you gave me,
1: and not left. just that. I gave Alex.
2: Uh, oh,
0: okay, okay. I don't. I don't. What? I don't see the evidence for this. This is hearsay to me. You know? No, no.
1: He
2: Alex actually did give me 984. <laughs> He gave me the copy, yeah, and that's the copy I read.
0: Okay, well, if you, yeah, that's the copy you read. We've, we've given him uh, one recommendation each, then, uh, PJ. Nice. So what happens is he tells us which was best, and the other person's off the show. No. Oh, um, <laughs> okay, so it's
1: a countdown.
2: <laughs> Ooh, Ooh that's, that's,
0: uh, that's actually
1: really
2: hard. I'm not sure which one I could say is better. Oh, wow, well, you
0: saved us there. You saved us. That's the real token
2: of friendship. Alex, Alex,
1: He's Alex a very but- diplomatic playboy. <laughs>
2: But yeah, PJ, I don't think we can kick Dean off his own show. Um,
1: I don't think we can, no.
2: I don't think so. Does anyone else know how to
1: record and edit? Yes. <laughs> well, you got a fair point. All right. Well, Alex, so why, did... why don't you tell us about 1984 first, since
0: that's the one that caused the controversy there.
2: <laughs> sure. So 1984 is, it was actually my first time reading it. I'd read Animal Farm in high school, but, you know, not exactly the same thing. Um It's very interesting because the book is broken up into three parts. I don't know if we want to get into the third part too much, but the first part is kind of setting up the world. You got your main character, Winston, who he disagrees with the government he's in. It seems like authoritarian communist type of government where you have big brother looking over things. And um, there's like two minutes of hate where everyone will just yell at this one guy, Goldstein, and uh, just trying, like, it's just propaganda just people being just uh, brainwashed completely. And Winston just doesn't buy it. He wants it just gone.
0: Yeah. Interesting, though, the the two minutes of hit. We we still have that. Like, you can go nowadays to, like, these, you know, junkyards where you smash up cars to get out your aggression (laughs) and things like that. Like, it's the same principle.
1: Well, it's more of a propaganda thing. Well, a lot of the themes of 1984 exist. Big Brother... You know or or shall we say little brothers exist now yeah so anyway yeah
2: sure sure and you have all the ministries you got the ministry of love which is uh in charge of war and i mean that's just
1: mm-hmm.
2: spot on ministry of truth is the one that the book focuses the most on and that's yeah. the one that basically well they take the truth and then turn it into whatever propaganda they want to release to the public and
0: so these misnomers are something that we see today as well like um I had I had two examples in my head yesterday just by coincidence. I can really remember one of them now. So for example, you want to you want to cancel a service. You don't speak to cancellations, you speak to retentions, you know, to keep you. <laughs> uh and this happens, I can't remember what the second really? one was I was thinking of. But this this permeates our culture now. These misnomers um designed mm. to kind of oh that's the other one. If you we used to get a sick note from our doctor, now it's called a fit note to say that you're fit to work. But it's the opposite of what it's there's a lot of this um misnomer designed to kind of play a mental trick on you and and change the way you see things
2: yeah that is a fair point of yeah that's a fair point i mean it happens all the time like i see it in news just twisting the story to whatever they want to say and people aren't getting the real story anymore so yeah it's it's so on the nose i mean no matter what your like political beliefs and all that, they say that about the other side, no matter what. And yeah, it's a bit scary. But yeah. I do actually like the second part a lot because it's hmm. actually Winston kind of falling in love with this girl, Julia. And they both yep. think that, well, Julia isn't as much in on it. She doesn't care as much about Goldstein and changing things. She just kind of wants
1: to be in love with someone.
0: Yeah, if I remember correctly, yeah. she's less political than
1: Winston.
2: Absolutely, absolutely. Well,
1: she's, in, she's a bit less concerned maybe than
2: Winston. Right? But she does still join him on these like outings and even to yeah. visit um, basically their boss, O'Brien, later on. Uh, he mm-hmm. supposedly is there to like give them the book that Goldstein wrote and this is something mm. that uh, is completely banned. You will be vaporized if you read this or if you yeah. have this book. It's incredibly dangerous yeah um and she joins him to like kind of revolt in a way Mm. yeah so
0: let me ask you i because i i recommend this you know to yourself and for example to robert and i say you know this is one of the for me this is one of the most important books that exist i mean yeah did you agree or do you thought i was all right but it's not you know
2: i would say Compared to Three Musketeers, this is much more important book. Yes, yeah, uh, yeah. Um, whereas I like them both, this one it's a very it's very much a cautionary tale. Like Handmaid's Tale is one of those as well, and mm-hmm. uh, they happen all over. This one is especially about authoritarianism, as uh, Dean and I have talked about before. Um, what's yeah. very interesting, just one cool thing I've noticed or I found on the internet was that this book has been banned for two different reasons. One is for being anti-communism in Russia, but yes. also being banned for being pro-communism <laughs> in the United States. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, because I
0: suppose we, we assume, we read it and we can assume this is going kind a of totalitarian mm-hmm. communist, but they never specifically say that. And no. you could look no. at it the other way. Totally right. Yeah, I uh, mean, do it you know, could be entirely fascist.
1: I'm finding that you mentioned a uh, high-main's tale. So for me, it's... Um... Brave New World, I read that first, and then 1984 straight afterwards. And Aldous very Huxley, yeah. author from Brave New World, was, it, was George Orwell's teacher. And he really criticizes, I find, pre-fascist, very capitalist um, society from, you know, from the very late 20s jazz era, whereas um, 1984 was written in 48, hence 84, switching the numbers around, or published at least in that year. And it talks about just post Second World War and like the fear of, for me, it is a bit more the fear of potentially uh, communism taking over. But I, I find the Hamain's Tale is another great book to read because that's about male dominance and also religious. Well, uh, yeah, you- it's
2: mostly uh, about theocracy. Exactly. I've as not said, read it. They,
1: I've read I've read Huxley, but I've not read uh, Hammett Tale yet. I, I find there are the three ultimate dystopian books that people can read, and then okay, form their own opinion. Yeah,
0: I would put Fahrenheit four five one in there. I, that that mm. was always my big mm. three: it was Ooh. Fahrenheit 1984, and and Brave New World. But
1: well, I haven't read that one, so I have to read that mm. as well. That.
0: So you like the book, and I suppose you gave us a brief overline. Do you? Are we going to talk about part three? or Are we going to just leave that to the
1: so?
2: I think we can talk about it a little bit. I don't want to talk about maybe the last, uh, maybe a couple pages necessarily, mm -hmm. but uh, the reason that it's considered like, uh, well, anti-communist is to scare people. Sure. The reason it's considered pro-communist by some, it's more about the ending, Uh, but I don't want to get into it too much. However, Winston is Mm -hmm. betrayed by O'Brien. He was captured by what is essentially like the KGB there and tortured. And they're not exactly trying to vaporize him. They're not going to kill him, but they're trying to brainwash him into being like everyone else to fit into society normally. Mm. Yeah. yeah always- that's th- that seems pretty I'm, I'm-
0: tough to get through.
2: And that's the
1: entire last third is just torture basically. Oh, yeah, Room 101. The great yeah. concept because it's basically what's your ultimate fear? Put it in a room. That's your torture.
2: So that and is I the final it. torture. It The torture wasn't working, basically. Or he was agreeing with them, but he wasn't going to betray Julia. And Julia wasn't going to betray him until you go into Room 101 where, well, yeah, they basically do betray each other.
1: Uh, deepest Fear. And I find that is a method used and, in, 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 you know, it's used by many... By many who are against terrorism or by terrorists themselves, you know it's used a lot of that method. So He's given yeah. some cool names. He's also given the concept of uh, you know there are three superpowers. One is your ally, one is your enemy. But then you can the, then the politics, the government decides from one day to the next to switch it, and then all of a sudden it's the old idea of two plus two is five if everyone says it. Then yeah. it's then it's true. Everyone said, no, no, this, but they were manning me like yesterday and my friend. Oh yes, what are you talking about? It was always that way. If everyone says it, if social media pushes you, you believe that maybe there was something deeply wrong in your head.
0: Yeah. That that's a core principle of the book, is just changing. Yeah. You know, here are the facts today, everyone's in agreement, and then tomorrow just saying, Well, now we've changed that. And everyone is so brainwashed, essentially, that they're just like, Yeah, this has it's always been this way, right? Like. And so tell me about Winston, because I noticed this in, in a lot of Orwell books, and I, there's usually one person who feels that the world isn't right. You know, everyone else just seems to go along with it. And in this case, it's literal, what's essentially is brainwashing, mass propaganda. In other books, it's not. It's just people are living in the normal world. But there's always someone kind of thinks the world isn't right, and I don't know why, but we need to do something mm-hmm. about it. And... That's a character that I really, really empathize with it. So I like Winston.
2: Yeah. I mean, he doesn't feel like he's supposed to be this really important person necessarily. Right? He's, yeah. he's just a person. Yeah. He's just every man. So I I can't say I felt much about him. I feel like he's that type of character that you're supposed to put yourself into his shoes.
1: Yeah.
0: Yes. Yes. I think so. He's not remarkable, but you're meant to. He's supposed to open the door for you to empathize and and as you say, you know, imagine yourself in that situation. Really.
1: Exactly. Exactly. Totally. So, what do you think about Three Musketeers? Then.
2: Now, Three Musketeers. um, So, Dean might be able to add a little bit about this one, since this is one of his favorite books of all time. Three Musketeers is much more relaxing, I would say. Yes. <laughs> um, I didn't feel sick when reading this one. It's a very different kind of book. Yeah, yeah. Totally. yeah. So I can't exactly place this. It's, it's not my favorite of Dumas. I do still prefer Count of Monte oh, Cristo. Okay. Runner. What? I think, I, think, so, I think because it feels a little more disjointed. So I really, really love like the first 100, 150 pages. When you have D'Artagnan going to the city, he's meeting the other three musketeers. So that would be Aramis, Athos, and Porthos. Mm -hmm. And they're both very, all three of them are really interesting characters. And the way they meet, the way they just kind of, they basically meet as enemies and they end up having to go to duels against each other. And it's kind of funny just to see like, hey, I'm supposed to duel you? No, I'm supposed to duel him. (laughs) <laughs> he ends up in duels with all of them and somehow yeah. survives because other people try to attack and, yeah, he kind of saves them.
0: One thing I love about uh, they duel, but they're very gentlemanly about it, you know, and if someone's injured or something, oh, they'll yeah. say, oh, no, we're not going to duel. You've got a sore arm. You know, let's give you a week or two to recover. We'll come back here and then we'll fight to the death, you know. <laughs> that,
2: that is one of my favorite scenes from it. I really, really enjoy it a lot. Um, And then after that, basically, they have a secret mission that they have to take care of. And they all go to uh, London, basically, to uh, give some information to the Duke. Or, well, actually, sorry, to get uh, something from the Duke. And each one is kind of, each of the three musketeers is left along the way to deal with a fight or something. and. I can't say I was too excited about it because I was wondering like, Oh, where's this going to go? They're going to come back later in London and London's going to be where like mm-hmm. the climax is. No, they come back all fine. And it doesn't seem to go anywhere. It was okay. a really big adventure for such a minor mm-hmm. problem, just getting jewels from the Duke to give back to the queen and sure it could have turned okay. into something big. Um, that's why I feel like it feels a little disjointed because then you have them going to war after that. And then you have the stuff with my lady after that. So it feels like kind Mm. of four different stories. Now I can see it Mm. like in maybe four different books where you would have like a sequel um, or even like a TV show where you have this story first and then this story and then this story Yeah. um, where I think it could work much better, but as one whole book, didn't entirely connect now each story for the most part was really really good um so if i were to just see them on their big adventure going to london i would have probably had more fun but then we come back and it's like we're just going to go to war now Uh, all right okay Uh, i thought we just had something giant Right before
0: that. Uh, i, I suppose that's the nature of this kind of picaresque novel where it is like let's go do an adventure well that's over suddenly let's go do another one you know
1: yeah
2: i guess i'm more used yeah. to it being one adventure yeah i
0: mean i, I get Maybe what you like- mean actually and I, th- I think that your your point is very valid and um, it's
1: like uh, it's like Pickwick papers for example yes. dickens were he did random adventures and when i read that it was like very enjoyable but you know it's like it's like short stories yeah
2: yeah yeah i i guess like when you watch a show that's like anthology series that's kind of what you get
0: yeah i I I should say the sequels are less like that um okay well the 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 next sequel sorry is is a bit less like that it's more one story about the execution of charles the first um then they go back to being like that because they get really long. Like the third book is split into three books. It's so long. So there's just a lot going on and, and it's all separate. So your problem returns. But.
2: Yeah, yeah. I mean, sure. I would definitely be willing to check out some of the others. And it was a very fun book. I really, really liked, um, I believe yeah. it was Athos. He was, he just had a really interesting backstory. He was secretive at first. And uh, Dumas really knew how to give you just a little at a time aramis was fun and i think dean you said this was your favorite just because of how suave and yeah so
0: i get why you like athos best because he is very noble he's the kind of almost the unofficial leader in the sense that they do look up to him and respect him in in a kind of way you know and
2: he he gets arrested saying uh d'artagnan needs more freedom than i do right now so i'm just going to go to jail like wow that is the noblest thing you could have done (laughs)
0: I like Aramis because he's, you know, I don't really like his religious story where he's trying to get into the church and things, but I, I like he is very suave and and kind of he's well dressed and things like that. He gets all the ladies and he's he's very he is very conniving and um, and I do go off him as the books go on because he increases that to like to the power of you know to to an infinite degree of of sort of connivingness <laughs> and really gets embroiled in the religious world as well. Uh, and then Porthos is just a big. You know, giant who also likes to look good. He's a bit vain, but actually, he's just yeah. uh, you know, I'm gonna smash things, guy.
2: <laughs> yeah, that's kind of what I thought. He, I'm gonna smash things, and I'm gonna drink and have a lot of fun. Yeah,
0: yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. Do you think that D'Artagnan himself is a bit more layered than maybe the three? Like the three of one main trait, whereas D'Artagnan is a, a character.
2: I would still say Athos is probably deeper than D'Artagnan oh. because Athos he he is noble, but he's also has a past that we know a lot about. We know that uh, he was married and he basically killed the woman that he was married to because she was uh, set to be, or Mm. sent to be executed. Um, Mm. And I feel like that gives him a lot more depth. At the beginning doesn't really have a lot of depth. Mm. So he got me a little less interested than Athos.
1: Whenever there's a tragedy, I find uh you know, in the backstory, it immediately makes it more dimensional, the character, right? Because, all right, you know something about the past and you can relate to what happened in between. It kind of fills in a lot of lines. Yeah, it
2: feels like there's a a lot more there to look at. Now, D'Artagnan, he didn't have so much of an interesting past. He got some money from his father. His father was a musketeer and he liked to fight a lot. So at the beginning, it's like, all right, where is this going to go? He's a bit of a naive like in a video game he'd be like the level one warrior who then grows up into like a level 50 by the end <laughs> right
0: and I'll tell you something about D'Artagnan the more you follow through this mm. you know he levels up to ridiculous degrees and I'm not going to give any spoilers because you know the series of books they all appear but he's he's the Probably centerpiece really. of the series mm. and we've reviewed a few of them before but he he gets to great heights and becomes he always becomes Athos he becomes this highly respected old old veteran kind of guy um so that's a really good bit about about him and you get to see him develop from this young country lad you know
1: yeah
2: exactly you do see development
1: what was that pj no i just said that's um that's interesting that it's that it's you can really see the character develop throughout different novels and into different you told me a bit dean like into very different kind of professions and social classes so right because you know a a terrible thing would be like to to keep the character stuck in one place like some authors would do and that's just so natural isn't it as well and just boring as well yeah
2: he definitely changes along the way i mean there's some things i like that he does but then there's other things i don't like like he really took advantage of kitty and Mm -hmm. that kind of sat the wrong Mm -hmm, way with mm me but Mm -hmm. um i do think that the ending is absolutely fantastic. I really like how it went. It did slow down a bit. So you have my lady who's basically um imprisoned by her brother-in-law. Oh. And
1: well, oh don't, don't don't the ending. Oh, yeah. are you doing it? No, it's not, it's not the ending. It's not the ending.
2: And no, <laughs> oh this is before the ending. And <laughs> okay, okay. in this time, it really slows to a crawl. She's in, a in, yeah. She's imprisoned oh. for probably 50 to 75 pages and that's not a lot necessarily but each Compared to Christy, yeah. they go through each chapter feels a lot of the same and she's kind of a one note character oh, okay. um, she's conniving and that's kind of all i really got from her mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I, I think that like
0: every, everything you've said um i is fair you know absolutely mm-hmm. um i think so but yeah, I, the reason I recommend it is just because you liked Monte Cristo. And I thought, well, same author. And this one is my favorite. But again, it's maybe because I read it first. You know, this sat on my shelf for about six years. And I thought, what's this old stuffy French book? I'm not going to read that. And then one day I just thought, you know, there's nothing else available. I'll read it. And I just thought, oh, yeah, this is the best thing I've ever read in my life. And I wasn't expecting this young country lad to end up meeting the king and everything like that, you know?
1: Is it really one of your favorite books ever?
0: Yeah, it definitely is. It would probably be in one of my top five of all time, or something. You know, it's it's fantastic. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Then Monte Cristo is your favorite book, Alex? Right? So it's your number one favorite.
2: Yes. And so maybe that's also part of it. I I might have been expecting more like Monte Cristo, and kind of disappointed a a bit, I suppose. Right? After. Uh, Not exactly. I I don't think I was disappointed. I certainly had problems with some Mm. areas, but I I'd still say it's. I graded an a it's still a really, yeah. really good book. There's a lot of oh, good things to talk about i'll
0: tell you one thing because Money Chris is an incredibly long book. I think mm, yeah. that um and this this is much much shorter. you know I think that to make a fair comparison, not that I'm saying you know you have to go away and do this, but to make a really fair comparison, you'd want to read the sequels as well um mm. so oh. they're the, a the, the comparable length and then you see the same level of progression that you see
1: in right yeah, see seeing as one book yeah mm.
0: Well, anyway, look, it's good that you, that you like them both. Um, very, different, very different kinds of books anyway. And, books. and thanks for calling in. Do you have anything else you want to say about them? or?
2: I do want to add one more thing. Uh, yeah. So we were talking about Brave New World and all these others similar to 1984. Um, yeah. One I heard about, but I have not watched. It's a movie called Dunno on the Moon. It's a Russian, I believe a Russian movie, but this is more about uh, capitalism. And some oh, of the fears about capitalism and how people are taken advantage of. So you can kind of get a range from what we've talked about, Handmaid's Tale* about theocracy oh. and ah. like authoritarianism in 1984. This one would be capitalism.
1: Indeed, uh, one of the first dystopian b- proper books was the Russian novel We, which came out maybe eight years or nine years before Brave New World. So I'd also love to read that. Okay, this mean, film also sounds good. I'm so a very vocal
0: critic of capitalism, so this sounds good.
1: <laughs> yeah. yeah, thanks. That really sounds good to me, too. I'd love to read it. Yeah, I think uh, Nikolai Nosov is his name,
2: the one okay. who did this. Yeah.
1: Okay. Wow, thanks well,
2: sounds
0: me. good. Thank you very much. And I think that is the end of the show. So thanks, everyone, for listening. We'll be back as always next month. Yeah.
1: Thanks for Again. calling, Alex, and thanks, everyone, for listening. Stay thanks soon. for having me.
0: Get on booksboys.com and click buttons and do things. Send us uh, your feedback via smoke signals and carrier pigeons. And we're going to end. I give us the
1: feedback if you missed the, the grasshoppers or perhaps you missed the sheep from a few months ago. Any other requests you want? Maybe we we'll need more animals in the background. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe I can juggle something. I don't know. Like just give some crazy requests.
0: This show felt like child's play after the difficulties we had last month. And um, this was so easy to record. So I, I, I love that. Um, we're gonna end i think this month with my newest song which well, actually is, is three <laughs> or four months old now it just took me a while to get around to it uh using it so okay, i'm gonna play my good. my latest song which is called um when the world comes crashing down and if the dj would spin that Ooh,
1: record <laughs>
0: and we'll be back in about a month see ya to accept, you did not come, cause I've waited for you, oh so long, but the love in your heart has now gone, and I'm still convinced, you were the one, and when the world comes crashing down, I can't accept you'll no longer be around, I need your voice, I don't hear a sound, my heart is bleeding, dripping on the ground Whoa, whoa after you've gone whoa, 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 the world is a sad song Whoa, 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 whoa. you were my goddess, my Aphrodite my 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 Flame within me, you ignited now there's no fetus inside oh. and my heart burns from oh, deep inside hurts. Baby, baby, I want you back. You're the only one, and that's a fact. When did our bond begin to crack? Once, Once it, was it was over, back. there was no turning back. I said woo after you've gone. Woo. Oh the world is a sad sound. And you know that I stay. I could live in a work of in art. You were the one to whom I gave my, Boy, I gave you my heart. Yeah. I'm so sorry that we had to part, and now we're both back at the start. And it's whoa after you've gone. Whoa, 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 the world is a sad song. Whoa. whoa, whoa I said it's after the you was oh After you've gone. gone Then it's oh whoa-oh, 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 whoa-oh The world is a sad song whoa-oh. Books Boys was presented by The Dean and PJ Burke in association with Thaddeus Penguin Productions. Ha! <laughs> This episode was brought to you by our sponsor... The Anna Karenina Method. If you would like to get in touch... You can email us... At booksboys hotmail.com Or visit us at booksboys.com The intro uses... Driving in the 70s... From the Of Soundtracks and Garage Bands EP... By Trapdoor, And the outro uses... Dogs Light by Bravo Max from the album of the same name. All music used is either pod safe or used with permission. If you'd like to support the show, go to patreon.com slash booksboys, get the show early, and all of our bonus Booth Boys shows, and you can also check out our music on Spotify or Apple Music. Thank you kindly for listening to us. Please tell your friends, and come back next time for another episode of Books Boys. Read some books!